Welcome aboard the BK Escape Pod. That's right, it's the augmented and bionic podcast version of the live show you can hear Saturdays from 10 a.m. till 12 p.m. Eastern on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF Radio. You can stream the show live there Saturdays at WBHFradio.org or on the free TuneIn app. Look out, here we go. Oh, and by the way, if you hear me give out a telephone number, don't call because this is a rebroadcast and our janitor Charlie will answer the phone and believe me, you don't want to talk to him. He's an honorary little cuss. Stand by to receive our transmission. Okay, get in, put your seatbelts on, we're ready to go. You ready to go? I heard that you were doing all financial talk today. Somebody told me that. That was April 1st that I was going to do that, and that kind of got pushed back, not doing I that thought actually April 1st you got a big promotion. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you, when I sent you that text, did you, did you buy it at first? Be honest. Did you think I will be 100% terrible? honest. I bought it. <laughs> I got, uh, by the way, I got several people April 1st on some things. And you know what? But April, when I do April 1st, it's never anything cruel or something that's like, oh, that's that's horrible. You know, because sometimes I think they go over the line with a mine are just kind of fun and goofy and they're harmless and they don't really do uh, do any harm. My dad used to get my sister every April 1st when, <laughs> when he would get her. She'd be leaving for work or something and he'd call her and she, would, she wouldn't look at the date. She'd go, oh, no. He'd go, oh, I got a flat tire. You're going to turn around and come back and get me. I can't believe the tire has flown off the car and gone into the ditch. He, he just modified the flat tire story every April 1st and my sister fell for it every <laughs> April 1st. It was so weird. She goes, okay, I'll come get you. He's like, oh, no, don't turn around. I'm just, Is your middle you. name Gullible? I got you. <laughs> Could be Gullible. <laughs> I will tell you, I, I, I would t- and I've got a better one. And you, Had you had said to me, or you texted me and Walt, remember how I said I put my uh, demo tape into Sirius XM? Right, yeah. They're going to pick me up. I, I almost that did that one. Would have I, been I did do hook, that, line, yeah. and sing. Oh, it's yeah. April first. <laughs> Some one of our loyal listeners and calls in on the show regularly bought it and fell for it hook, line, and sinker and got so upset with me. I won't mention the name of the person because I told him I wouldn't tell who it was. But it's a guy that calls on a regular basis to us. And, yeah, and I'm sure he knows who he is when I when I say that. So uh, Is April, this uh Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I can't say. Can't That's say, all okay. I can say. I don't want to say yeah, whatever. I told him I wouldn't tell who it was, but he fell for it. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be here with Alan it's over here. Isn't it great that this this radio station has a lot of all credibility goes right out the window for two hours every Saturday from ten till noon at this place? They're like, yeah, that one guy's on the air. We we, we know he's on the air, but we, we really are a news station and, and weather and traffic and sports here locally. We carry Fox News mm-hmm. and the Braves. Really, hey, can I can I ask you a question? So, be because of today's date, is this your countdown show? Countdown to what? Because it's four three. Two one. That it. That's right. It is. Remember, we had the baby story in Florida last mm-hmm. weekend. He was three two one three yep. twenty one. Well, today is April third right. of twenty one. So well, we are four three two one. Earth. Be there you go. Alone. Look at you. I was able to carry the tune the just 80s, crappy man. enough that you remembered the song. <laughs> as as singers, we're great talk show radio hosts. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, yes. Uh, what are we counting down though? To we got to think of something I don't know. to count down. To. I was just wondering. I just thought about it now. I just happened to go. Wait a minute. It's four, three, two, one. Help if I got the subjects. I'm gonna talk about back here in the back. Hey, get back in the room. See them. You sounded like you went so far away. <laughs> I love that. Don't leave me. By the way, I, I have today on the program. Let's say this up front so I can tell everybody. I have a chance today on the air. If if you're listening. 
you can win from me today a $25 Fandango movie gift card, which means there's 25 bucks on the Fandango card, and you can use it to go see Godzilla versus Kong, which is out in the theaters right now. It's time to get your big behind out back into the theater again. You know, if you feel comfortable doing it, you know, I don't want to scare you or anything, but get back into the theater and uh, don't see, don't watch this on on HBO Max. I mean, come on, go see it in the theater if you if you want to wait and see it on HBO Max later. That's fine, but there's nothing like a big epic like two monsters fighting each other. Seeing it on the big screen in the movie theater, having that experience that you and I love when we go to a movie. It's an event for us. We go. The, it's the seats, the the, the ambience, the popcorn, uh, everything that's there. It's the movies. It's the theater. We we've been doing it since we were kids, and we'll never stop as long as they're there for us to go enjoy. Now, technically, you can use this card to see any movie you want, but there's nothing else out. I've seen what's out. There's nothing else out worth seeing. So use it to see Godzilla versus Kong. And all you have to do during the show today is just here. You have to do two things for me. First, you have to listen for Godzilla's roar. When you hear Godzilla pipe up and make his roar and make his presence known, call me at 770-386-1450. And then you've got to tell me, are you Team Kong or Team Godzilla and why you are Oh, that's, on either one. Uh, there's really that's no wrong easy. answer. There's no wrong answer, but you got to be able to do it. You got to convince me. You can't. You can't just go. Oh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm Team Godzilla. I'm like, well, why? Uh, it's because. That's not going to work. I need to know. You need to know a little bit of something about both the guys and tell me why you are for Team Godzilla or you're for King Kong. Let let me know when you call in and get through. When you hear Godzilla's roar, that's your that's your cue to call in 770-386-1450. Anytime during the program, Danny. It's only going to happen once. You know, my answer has changed. I used to be Team Godzilla <clears throat> since I was oh, really? a kid. I always I loved Godzilla. I didn't know that. And I still and like I Godzilla. I, love, I like both of them. But yeah. after watching the trailer, I realized Team Kong is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, so <laughs> we need to go ahead and support that. Sure. I mean, that's... And, and my, mine's a little goofier reason, but, but it's more biological. Goofier than what I just well, said. It, mine's more. <laughs> mine's more biological. Oh, you I'm, want to go for I'm, a man I'm versus Team lizard? Kong because he's a he's a mammal, warm blooded, warm blooded, and he's an ape. You know, and, and I've, I've been compared to an ape before. I really have when uh, I was at the beach. And <laughs> for different reasons. My you. my wife often says, yeah. you know, "Stop acting like a monkey." And you and I are like, "Stop monkeying around." Why are you insulting monkeys like that? Yeah, and the monkeys are going. <laughs> why are you uh, equating me with the, the monkeys? Like, and surely you don't and equate us with him. Let's be let's be clear. Monkeys and apes are completely different. They are different. Ones are, chimps and, and primates are different from monkeys. That's why Zira, well, monkeys have tails, right? Zira uh, on one of the Planet of the Apes films. It was either Zira or Cornelius, played by uh, Roddy McDowell in the old films. Uh, someone referred one of the humans referred to them as uh, uh, a monkey, and she goes, "How." dare you i am not a monkey i am an ape <laughs> i am a chimp you know and it's true and they and they had it they took insult to that so anyway that's coming up today so we're going to give away a fantasy oh. card oh, so you won't, even, you won't even have to pay <laughs> you won't even have to pay to go see the movie so I, you probably get two people for 25 bucks two of you could probably go and maybe get Depends maybe a little bit of popcorn day. or whatever yeah so that it's not like just you know a five dollar gift card hey, attend it's 25 dollar gift even card if it was going to be more than 25 for you and somebody to get in i'll right. take 25 dollars off yeah, I mean that's that's great. I mean it was it'll be easier on you if yeah. that's the case. I mean and, it was twelve fifty a ticket. You're in for free. And I have not seen it yet. Alan hasn't seen it, so neither one of us can talk about the movie. Some of our friends and some folks have seen it. I've seen some preliminary spoiler-free reviews that say it's it's great, it's fantastic. It's still kind of early. Guess what? You and I have to go see it for ourselves. Yeah. We just can't take other people's advice. Sometimes you're not just going to take anything. Their word for it just because <laughs> no, they put it in the media. No, nah, I can't do that. I, I have to go find out for myself. My buddy who is Team Zilla all the way up in Detroit. <laughs> my good buddy Eric, who I've been yeah. friends with since eighth grade. Yeah. Loved it. 
All good. So that's a good sign. And uh, we're going to see it today. He liked Kong Skull Island, too. So, you know, there's uh, no... Hey, I, I, Kong Skull Island is my favorite film out of the current franchise of those films. I like I like I the Godzilla it. movie, the, the reboot of Godzilla, sort of, with... Um, Oh, uh, Breaking with, Bad guy. Uh, Elizabeth his name? Olsen and uh, yeah. Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. And what's funny is that one is my least favorite about of all of these so far. <laughs> it's not bad, but see how different we are, but we like the yeah. same universe. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why. But yeah, t- it, Team Spice. Kong. Yes. Anybody who can Team do the Kong. superhero leap, that's my hero. <laughs> Holding a big giant axe. <laughs> yeah. Anybody like Deadpool, yeah. they're going to do the leap. That's they're going right. to do the landing. We'll have a quiz for Alan later on the program today about 8-track tapes and a lot of surprises when we come back. i got more to tell you. It's B-County. In a Ford Model T, you can depend on just about everything, except the weather. In a Ford Pinto, you can make your own weather. Pinto's price is so low, you can afford a sunroof, air conditioning, a rear window defroster to make the weather inside your Pinto as dependable as your Pinto. The economical little Pinto. Base sticker price $24.42, excluding dealer prep, destination charges, title, and taxes. At your local Ford dealer. It's okay if you don't understand what he's talking about. He probably doesn't either. It's BK on the Air on AM 1450, FM 100.3, and online using the TuneIn Radio app. Greetings, fellow classic TV fans. In 1975, a new sci-fi TV show came from across the Atlantic called Space 1999. The British-Italian production filmed two seasons for a total of 48 episodes. Created by the legendary Jerry and Sylvia Anderson, it differed from their well-known Super Marionation productions like the Thunderbirds and Supercar. This was live action. As some of you know, it's the story of the moon-based alpha colonists and their adventures after a nuclear accident makes the moon break away from the Earth's orbit, thus turning it into a giant spaceship. Reportedly, to appeal to U.S. television networks, two Americans were cast in the leading roles. Martin Landau, along with his real-life bride and former Mission Impossible co-star Barbara Bain, landed the parts of Commander John Koenig and Dr. Helena Russell. Space 1999 had a couple of interesting Star Trek and Star Wars connections as well. Martin Landau was originally offered the role of Mr. Spock, and after he left Mission Impossible, Leonard Nimoy joined the cast. Star Wars villains Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, who were also well-established from the classic Hammer horror films, both made guest appearances. Although a third season was planned, with disappointing reviews, the show was canceled with no real finale. But like many shows of its kind, Space 1999 became a fan favorite in many countries thanks to the magic of reruns. With some retro TV trivia, this is Pat McCormick from the Golden Rage of TV. And now back to BK on the Air. Thank you, Pat, for that trip into the golden rage of TV. I want to tell everybody about a new sponsor here at WBHF. We're glad to have them on board. You know, there's a new bicycle shop right here in Cartersville. It's called Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. They sell new bikes for riders of all ages and skill levels. Now, they sell parts, supplies, and accessories, too. Their bike mechanics can tune and repair bicycles from any manufacturer that you happen to have, whether you're a veteran rider or just starting out. I'm kind of in between those two. Cartersville Bicycle has what you need to get out and enjoy the 
roads and trails of northwest Georgia are really anywhere you want to take a bike nowadays. Stop in and see the shop, Cartersville Bicycle. They're located at the corner of West Avenue and South Tennessee Street, and you can call them. It's easy to remember, 470-315-BIKE. That's 470-315-BIKE. That's Cartersville Bicycle, Bicycle, Bicycle. I need to uh, pull mine out of mothballs because uh, sometimes we'll put our bikes up and we won't ride them for a while because we've been walking more than anything else, like hiking and stuff. And it's more trails that aren't they aren't really bike friendly. They're more for walking. Mm-hmm. And I will. I mean, I guess some people could bike these trails that I walk on, but they're more adventurous than me because they have those bigger bikes with the four wheel drive looking wheels on them and everything. But we got to break the bikes out. And might might just take them over to Cartersville Bicycle and They'll, let them tune them up for me. And I clean will them tell up. you, they will give you a for free overview of what they think it might cost if you need any repairs or any tweaking done. They'll say, based on our experience. Now, unless we get in there and find out there's something really wrong or we'll call you there's no charge for them to at least assess and look at what you might need done that's great and i love companies that do that Uh, we we choose companies on that basis sometimes for i don't want to spend i don't want to pay for a consultation on something exactly well we'd like to figure out what's wrong with your fridge but it can cost me eighty dollars to show up like well it's eighty dollars for me to drive onto your property in my van and then what happens if the part is like five thousand dollars and it's better for me to go ahead and buy a new fridge well you still owe me the 80 bucks and and i know that some of them go well there's a hundred dollar fee for this but we take it off if you choose to, if you choose to use your a service. I'm like, well, that's better, but not quite. Right. I always choose companies that have a zero consultation. Come out, look at my house, because we just had it painted not too long ago. They came out and just gave me an estimate, and it was free. Come on. Come on. It's, it's just, it's, I think that would be common sense for a business to do that. Well, yeah. there's a lot of news going on right now, and one of them, uh, we talked about Godzilla versus Kong, and your chance to win a, a $25 Fandango gift card. All you got to do is listen for Godzilla to roar on the program today, and the first caller in to call me at 770-386-1450 and tell me whose side are you on, Team Kong or Team Godzilla, and tell us why you're on that monster's side. You know, you got to tell us a little bit of reason why you're there. You just can't call and not know anything about it, and you will win the gift card. You got to be local for the uh, for the gift card. But a new movie has opened this week. The the, uh, the movie theater has come back in a big way. Godzilla versus Kong. It has earned the biggest opening day of the pandemic so far. People are like, well, that's not very much. I'm like, well, it is considering what's been going on with motion pictures in the theater business right now. It's monstrous. It, it's a monstrous hit at the U.S. box office, grossing 9.6 million. And it may be a little bit more because this this story is from Thursday. 9.6 right. million on Wednesday. Oh, from Wednesday. Is it open Wednesday? Open this week. Wednesday. That's the best single box office day since the pandemic started. The movie debuted in more than 3,000 locations across North America with 93% of the U.S. marketplace back up and running, according to Warner Brothers. That's pretty That's pretty good news right there just to hear in itself. 93% is back in the U.S. marketplace and running. That's the rest great. are in California. Yes, and <laughs> New York. But even as cinemas reopen across the country, limited capacity restrictions remain in highly populated areas. In Los Angeles and New York City, for example, theaters must remain at 25% capacity. However, in Los Angeles, was officially cleared to the orange tier, as they call it. That number will change to 50% by April 5th, which is two days from now. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Godzilla vs. Kong could possibly gross up to 30 or $40 million in its five-day debut. Godzilla vs. Kong currently holds an 
A cinema score rating, a promising sign that the movie is still is sitting well with fans. Last weekend, Godzilla vs. Kong debuted overseas, scoring an impressive $123 million at a foreign box office. Once again, that's the best opening for a Hollywood production since the COVID-19 crisis began last spring. It feels like it's been around since uh, 1981, doesn't it? Not just last spring. It feels like it's been around longer than that. Mm-hmm. Now, currently the highest grossing three-day New, uh, North America launch during the pandemic. Do you want to take a stab what the current movie ha- holds the record that Godzilla is probably going to break opening movie that, that since the pandemic what movie holds the highest grossing three day since the, the pandemic like, since the pandemic started uh, who, has the, who has the record right now the it Croods? just came out not too long ago oh I thought it was the Croods had the, no, had the record nope it's a, it's a movie another movie from Warner Brothers Hmm. Oh, nobody. Nope. It's Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. It grossed sixteen point seven million in its uh, in its uh, three day launch. The DC superhero movie arrived in theaters over the Christmas holidays, coinciding with a wave of coronavirus cases that led to several theater reclosures. Now it shouldn't be difficult for Godzilla vs Kong to overtake Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four's three day record, but we'll know for sure in just a few short days. And you know what else? I'm not sure of. I'm also not sure. I haven't seen anything else about it, but I think it probably happened. I haven't seen any more about Avatar surpassing Avengers Endgame as the highest grossing. retaking the title as the highest grossing film. It may have, but I need to research that and see if that actually. Now, if you're not quite ready, I don't even want to read this part, but I will because it's part of the it's part of the story. If you're not quite ready to venture out into the movie theater yet, Godzilla vs Kong is also available to stream on HBO Max, and I'll still say over and over again. I don't know why they do that. I know why they. I know why their reason is for opening and bringing movies out streaming and in the theater at the same time. But I, I see them cutting the throats of theaters by doing that because a lot of people are just going to stay home and watch it instead of going to the theaters. Maybe not necessarily due to COVID spheres, but just because they just want to stay home and watch it and they don't want to go out to the theater. Release it in a theater first, and if you want to release it streaming, give it give it at least six weeks in the theater. What's wrong with that? Because, you know, in the old days, Alan, a movie would, would stream maybe a year later. Once once the movie had been out, it would mm-hmm. go to streaming or home video release, whatever. Just get, give it like six weeks or a couple of months just to make some money in the theater so these theaters could recoup and get back into business. I think that would be a great idea, but they're not doing that. They're doing it at the same time. I, and I don't agree I with don't that. Know. I don't like that. Part of me thinks they know the model is going to shift to the small, like in like in your home. And but it I, hasn't and been, and though. They're well, and don't and don't 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 hurt the theaters. I think you're just hurting them by doing yeah, that. Yeah, well, I think they feel like they're going to make their money no matter what. They don't care. Right. Well, we're going to go see it tonight, and I'll tell you something kind of special that's going to happen this evening too. We're going to go see. I'm going to go see the movie tonight with some friends and with a chance Bartels from uh, the Nostalgic Pod Blast podcast. So what we're going to do is after we see it, we're uh, he's going to go on live on their Nostalgic Pod Blast Facebook page, and we're I'm going to appear with him on Facebook, and we're going to do a live review of it tonight <laughs> after 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do a live review on it. Never done that before. It's going to be fun. He asked me to do it, so I'm going to be on live with them on Facebook. I've got a, a this day in history today that coincides with something that we talked about in that TELUS presentation that we did that you can still find at the uh, TELUS Museum Facebook page, the video that we did. I got a, a on this day in history thing. You won't believe it because it's one of the things that we both really talked up. That's going to be cool. That's coming up on the program later. We're coming up to the bottom of the hour here. I don't know how enough time to do uh, in depth into anything else, but I'm going to go see it. I've always been. You you talked about it. You've always liked Godzilla. As a kid, I always liked just seeing the Godzilla movies. They'd come on. I I never saw a Godzilla movie in the theater when I was a kid. Right. I just never got to go see one. I discovered them on when they air them on television, right. like at night or Saturdays or something. Usually a UHF channel for right. those real the higher old. up numbers. <laughs> 
Hey, when I moved to Atlanta and I found out they had a station, Channel 69, that was the highest number UHF channel I'd ever seen before in my life. I know that I don't even know if they've, there's any higher ones. There probably is, but that was way up there on the, the sets. Uh, used to go up dial. to 84, but I have no idea if anybody ever broadcast right. it's on like, that. Like, was there an ever channel 83? I don't remember hearing that. But we did have a channel. There's a channel in Marietta. It was channel 14. That's UHF. And uh, back in the day, TV produ- TV people and producers they would shun and uh, they would shun and look down upon UFA, UFA, UHF channels. They're like, oh, you're on one of those UFA. UHF channels. I'm sorry. They'd look down on it kind of like actors would look down on um, soap opera actors. It's like, why would you do that? Because they're just on another frequency. That's right. weird. That's kind of well, like making fun of AM. Who'd make fun of AM radio, man? Come on. Because the <laughs> FM modulation sounds so better. And it's better. so clear and you can hear it in a building and everything. I'm like, don't you like a little static, you know, in your thing every now and then? Wouldn't that be nice? I don't know. Speaking of there, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back. Hippin' and hoppin', flippin' and poppin', here come the Trons. Trons, micro-lots that can make you laugh. Batteries for each not included. They scramble and tumble, ramble and rumble, waggle, wiggle, can make you giggle. Here come the Trons. Alpha-tron, beta-tron, gamma-tron. One by one and two by two, how wacky it's all up to you. Here come the Trons. Alpha-tron, beta-tron, gamma-tron. Each sold separately from the Micronaut collection by Mego. I'm Mr. T, and I'll be right back. We want to grow home. You gotta be kidding with those baby parbelt men. Well, I don't know about lifting my dad's weights. They're kind of heavy. Maybe for you, but not for the big guys like Mr. T and me. Hey, hold it a second. That kid thinks he can look like Mr. T overnight. It took me years of slow, steady training before I became a specimen that you see today. You got to take one step at a time. You got to start small and build up. Then you move on to the next side. And when you're really prepared, then you can move on to the big time. Well, see, there are some things even T ain't ready for yet. Nothing comes easy. So if you want to get bigger, start smaller. Do you have an extra one of those small barbells? And that's one to grow on. When it comes to shows about movies and comic books, heroes and crazy news, I tune into BK on the air from 10 to noon, Saturdays. We're back. It's BK on the air, AM 1450 and 100.3 FM. WBHF. Hello, everyone out there at FistfulOfRadio.com. Fistful of Radio, glad to be on board with them. Second week on Fistful of Radio, the BK Replay. You can check it out and hear me every Saturday there at 8.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern. But now we've reached that wonderfully magical time that we'd like to... Flash in the Our behinds. Wait, what? <laughs> of the news and the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. Talk about news of the weird, strange, and bizarre. Don't we fit that? We fit that. Well, I've too. got the first news. Flash away. Yes, an, Ontar- an Ontario boy became a Guinness World Record holder after a baby tooth pulled by his dentist was measured at 1.02 inches long. Let me be let me be clear. When I saw the that's photo That's a of long this, tooth. It was including the root of the of tooth, course, too, yes, the whole thing. But still. But that's a long tooth to be pulled out of somebody's mouth. 
It really it's is. It's a baby tooth, though. It that's is, not an though. adult it's tooth. Kid. It's a little kid, yeah. You know how little baby teeth are? Yeah. <laughs> that's why it made the news flash. It's weird. Luke Bolton, age nine of uh, Peterborough, received word from Guinness that his tooth, removed by Dr. Chris MacArthur of Liftlock Family Dentistry, earned the record for the world's longest milk tooth extracted. Bolton's family said the tooth was removed September the 17th of 2019 when the boy was eight years old, but they only recently learned that their application for the world record had been accepted and they have not yet received an official certificate. Bolton said Luke's older sister, Leah, suggested the tooth could be a world record. Luke Bolton said he is planning to have his tooth displayed with his certificate once it arrives from the Guinness folks. Speaking of baby teeth, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about something, and people might go look at this once I tell them, but don't blame me for letting you go see it because it's a nightmarish thing to look at, and I didn't know anything about it until someone told me. Mm. Think about an infant, a baby, maybe, I don't know, that still has their baby teeth or have, hasn't even like grown in Like a toddler. Yet. And look, some autopsies or some, there are some skulls on display of, chi- of, of babies. For, for whatever reason, they have them on display. When you look at a, ch- a skull of a child, a baby, it will you it will freak you out and stay with you for the rest of your life. It's the stuff of nightmares because when you look at the jaw, if you look at a jaw of an adult, mm-hmm. uh, an X-ray, it's just a bone. The jaw is there, and you see it connected on the side, mm-hmm. mandible jawbone. But baby skulls in their jaw area have all these teeth stuck in there, waiting to come up. And if you ever see a picture of it, it will freak you because it's the freakiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Now, if you go search baby skull and baby teeth skull or whatever, put that in the search engine, and you see a photo of a skull of a baby and you see that those teeth in your in the jawbone, it is the freakiest thing you'll ever see. I'm going to show you on the break. I'm okay. going to pull up a picture and show they it They also to you. don't have a top plate in their skull because it hasn't it, grown together and yet. When you, see it, when you see it, it's just going to look like it's, it's going to be otherworldly and, and it could be a horror film of some kind. So it's like Shark, do you see the rows yeah. of teeth ready to grow in? It is so bizarre looking because we're not like that we're, we're adults and we don't look like that so yeah don't don't blame me though don't say oh, i can't believe you told me to look at that i can't stand it blah blah you can you can hate me for other reasons but not <laughs> that i got the next news from upi several brands got into the april fool's day spirit thursday with pranks including a velveta skin care cheese did you see these? Mm-mm. I didn't see that one. Cauliflower flavored peeps for Easter. <laughs> Cauliflower flavored peeps. And a dog poop scented candle. Wait a minute. <laughs> what are you doing? What is happening? My brain is folding. Now, they've got so many scents for candles now, like Kentucky Fried Chicken and, and all these other goofy uh, new computer smell. Or Pepper whatever. Potts has an interesting one, but we can't say it on right, air. No, we can't. But but <laughs> but the dog poop scented candle, when I saw that one, I'm like, oh, well, that could somebody could be freaky enough to want that. You dropped your phone in dog poop. It became <laughs> top secret. That's one of the best Zucker movies. <laughs> Val Kilmer's great in that, by the what way. What phony right. dog poop? <laughs> And, and what makes that scene so great is it's the great actor Omar Sharif that's doing it. <laughs> that stunned look you on this dog a, poop. Academy Award winning actor's face. Yep. It's become a tradition online for brands to mark April 1st with hoax announcements, fake products, and tongue-in-cheek commercials. This April Fool's Day featured some head-turning and, in some cases, stomach-turning announcements from brands including Burger King, Velveeta, Green Giant, and Lego. Even some, and I noticed this in the Atlanta area, some Chick-fil-A locations were promoting their new big steak sandwich 
and it, mm. it looked like a real ad. For a moment, I, I had to catch myself. I'm like, wait a minute, that looks del- I, uh, my, the eater in me that eats food and loves food first went, oh, that looks delicious. I'd love to. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, they don't have beef there. They're just pulling our. They're pulling. But you our know, tail. if anybody was going to do it better than anybody else, I believe Chick Fil A could they, figure it out. They would. It, they could go ahead and do a, a steak sandwich and probably be better than anybody else's. Steak Speaking sandwich. of really quick, did you see the meme where uh, a Babylon Bee, the satire site, said right. Cargo ship in Suez Canal. Uh, all of all of it fixed thanks to the uh, Chick Fil A employees t- t- teaching him how to like route through properly. Oh, no, I didn't see. Managing that. the line of cargo ships. <laughs> I have seen countless other things of ways they can fix it. One ha- one of them has Kong and Godzilla on each side of the ship, <laughs> turning it around straight. Uh, there've been some, one has the uh, the Thunderbirds, the, the rescue team Thunderbirds from Jerry Anderson, the, the puppet show they used to have called the Thunderbirds. Uh, International Rescue can fix this. We'll we'll fix it. Team America. Yeah. <laughs> team America. <laughs> it just had to be censored. They just blow though. it away. It'd be censored every other. <laughs> you know, there's three kinds of people in the world. Yes, that's all and we I'll can tell say. You off the air what three kinds of <laughs> that's people? That's it. Uh, there are. I think you have the next news. Do I? Yeah, I'm, I forgot to get back to you. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. From UPI, a Croatian diver. Broke a Guinness World Record and his own personal record for holding his breath by remaining submerged. I cannot believe. This. I, I can't get. I can't. I cannot believe these stories. I think this is a lie. <clears throat> well, for twenty-four minutes and thirty-three seconds with a single lungful of air. I have. I just don't see how anybody can do that. I, I can hold my breath probably 20, 25 seconds, maybe if I try. When I was at my me. peak. I could hold it for about a minute underwater. See, that's that's pretty good, even for me. Yeah, that's great. But that that pales with some people. Twenty four minutes, thirty three seconds. That's almost the length of a classic sitcom episode. Actually, <laughs> he held it for an entire good, Sanford and Son episode. We were binging The Good Place. All of those were aired on network TV. They're all twenty two minutes long. So he could hold his breath through, through that an whole entire show with episode. Two minutes to spare. Yeah, that's I cannot. But it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Do you see? I can't talk anymore. I'm like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's speechless. I can't. I can't do that. Budimir Buddha Sabat, age fifty-four, previously remained underwater for twenty-four minutes eleven seconds on a single breath in twenty eighteen, and he broke his record during his attempt this month at a swimming pool in the city of Siska or Sisak. Uh, Sobat's previous accomplishment was not submitted to the Guinness World Records, which uh, listed the record for uh, s- static. Apnea underwater at 11 minutes, 35 seconds prior to this attempt. He wanted to set an official world record for his daughter, Sasa, who's 20, who had cerebral palsy, autism, and epilepsy. The record attempt also raised money for recovery efforts for the earthquake that struck Sisak in December of 2020. I need to look up that. I didn't know that the human brain and the lung capacity could be trained to go 24 minutes without a breath. And what is it? I've heard that when you're when you're clinically declared dead, if the brain goes without oxygen, how long is it supposed to be? I thought I thought it was for six quickly. minutes. Yeah, quickly. It's so how seven I mean, eight has minutes. He trains himself, or does he do something well, which is weird? Well, the already, oxygen is still there. Yeah. He's just not. It's not being converted into carbon dioxide, and so he's still able to use the oxygen. That's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get myself right. And, and my, my Mrs. BK, who's a diver and a dive master for years, she she read that. And she's like, that's amazing. That is amazing. I mean, I, mean, I, a I know. Breaker. I watched documentaries like Jacques Cousteau and stuff with four minutes underwater. Yeah. And but that's, 24? But that's four minutes. That's 20 minutes longer. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it because I can't hold my breath. I've my brain asthma. is still trying asthma. to catch up with all of that. Yeah.
And uh, I want, believe me, I want to hold my breath now with the pollen count that's, that's yeah. going on right now because pollen gets back in the back of my throat and, and in my nose and in my eyes. That's what it affects. I and got behind somebody in the Walmart cashier line that I could have held my breath that long and <laughs> saved myself some misery. Dragon Con, too. Sometimes I wish they'd set phasers for Lysol. After these messages, we'll be right back. Me and Barbie are having a dinner party. All six rooms have a modern look. You can help Barbie arrange the living room. Ken's cooking in the kitchen. The Superstar Barbie and Ken doll set is sold separately. Barbie changed for dinner. Elevator's going up. You and Barbie. Barbie's Barbie Townhouse. The Barbie Townhouse has a play elevator, six rooms, and all this furniture. Assembly required from Mattel. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Montgomery, with a word to mothers about two new cereals from Quaker. I'm Quake, the earthquake power cereal made with rice. I'm Quisp, the crazy energy cereal made with corn. Shh, excuse me. Quaker has reinforced Quisp and Quake with B-complex vitamins and iron. These two sweet cereals not only taste good, but they're good for kids, too. All right, fellas, it's all yours. I love Liz. I love her more than you do. Easy bake, easy bake, fast as you can. Mix them up, mix them up, pour them in the pan. Slide them in, slide them in, let them bake now. Slide them in, slide them out, easy bake, wow! Only Kenner's Easy Bake Oven Set makes such delicious cakes, cookies, candy, brownies, pizza, pies, and biscuits. It bakes like magic with two ordinary light bulbs and has a special cooling chamber. Easy Bake by Kenner. It's Vax BK on the air. Listen for Godzilla on the show today. You can win a Fandango gift card to go see Godzilla vs. Kong or any movie that you want. You're alive to for that. But you can use it to go see the movie or any movie you want. Just listen for Godzilla's roar and call us at 770-386-1450. Or you can call us for any reason at 770-386-1450. Today, as we're rolling right along with BK on the air, I have the next news. Here's a local one right from my own backyard. A Georgia woman who found a baby photo while walking out the day after a tornado swept through the area was unable to reunite the item with the family who lost it in the wind. Holly Canner of Noonan, Georgia, said she was out walking Friday the day after an EF4 tornado swept through the area when she spotted a pile of debris. The photo was a birth announcement for Mark Horn and was dated April 1976. The photo was widely shared on Facebook, and Canner was soon contacted by a woman who identified herself as Mark Horn's mother. Canner said she has since been in contact with Mark Horn's daughter and is making plans to return the photo to the family. That's always cool when I hear about stuff like that, especially when they're... They find them like 100 miles away or something. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's amazing. And I've been in there. I saw the damage firsthand this past Monday. I have uh, cousins with a house down there in Noonan, Georgia, and it was. It, it looks like a war zone down there. I was able to take them some supplies and get through and get them some things they needed down there to help out the family members. And it was a it was a wild F4 tornado that was that was touch and go on the ground down there uh, this week and so we're, we're thinking about hmm. them down there so you've just yeah. given me nothing but guinness world record stories yeah is another record isn't it yes so i've got the next news <laughs> i thought this one we'd already covered before but maybe it's a new one uh, a florida cinephile broke a guinness world record by seeing avengers endgame in movie theaters nearly 200 times 
See that there's there's a there's a record that I could. This try is to break. one I could get behind. Yes. I could do that. Going to see Avengers. Yeah. Romero Alanis. Hey, he's got my name in it. A L A N I S. It's part of your name, yeah. Romero Alanis. You can't spell Alanis without Alan. Of Riverview <laughs> said he was inspired to seek the Guinness World Record for most cinema productions attended of the same film after the former record holder Nim. Um, Neem Rops, I guess was his name, saw Avengers Infinity War. I think it's War, a handle name or an Instagram name. Maybe. Uh, which was 103 times. That was the previous, seeing the part one of the two-part kind of Avengers Endgame. Uh, so that was Infinity War. Uh, Alanis nearly doubled the record by going to see Endgame 191 times in 90 days. That I mean, that's, that's it takes a little effort to do that. It really does. That is more than two times on average a day. A day. Which it's a Marvel film, so I could probably get. And it's almost it and do a it. three-hour-long film, so that yeah. means you're seeing the eleven o'clock show. Then you're gonna yeah. go see the three o'clock show, and just a couple of times in there, you're gonna go see maybe the nine o'clock show, just to kind of wrap. And up your maybe day. you gotta see the the bathroom a couple of times too, sometime or another. Perhaps you really do. He said superhero <laughs> films in particular uh, teach audiences about in helping people and those specifically in need, which I'm very passionate about. Quote. He said it took it took some doing to see the film so many times in the 90 days, ending on July 29 of 2019. Yeah, I thought we had done this before. Alana said it took time for Guinness to process his application and go through yeah. his submitted evidence, which included photos and ticket stubs. He finally received word this month that he was an official record holder. Talk about funny acronyms and and, and for things. Uh, you said you couldn't say his name without putting A L A N in there, Alan, right. which is your name. You also can't. Say the acronym for your show without using the word that a caller used on your show this morning that we can't say on the air. True. Unless Alan, you use Alan, the yeah. Alan Sanders but, Show. Well, if we take the off, it's Alan Sanders Show, and the right. acronym for that is obviously which, there. Which is so. nothing but TAS. <laughs> the Alan yeah, Sanders Show. That's right. That doesn't sound as good, though. No. I don't think I'd like it. <laughs> I don't think I'd like it that way as much. Uh-oh. Hey, we got a caller on the line right now. Let's find out who's calling. Uh, hello, it's BK on the air. Who is this? Rich, how you doing? Hey, Rich, how are you? Are you calling because you heard Big G's big noise? I heard that Godzilla sound, yes. Well, why, why are you, and why are you calling then? <laughs> well, because I want to win a ticket, and I'm, a, I'm Team Kong because he's a mammal number one. Right. And he's part of the Marvel Universal... <laughs> What Alan said. You're, you are kind of right and, because he, he does that superhero. And, and when I was a kid, all we saw were King Kong movies for the most part. But every now and then they would put a Godzilla one in there. So I come accustomed to being a King Kong fan. There you, you go. You know what? You just qualified for the $25 gift card from Fandango to go see Godzilla vs. Kong. Get out of town. You could, re- you could really see any movie. Hey, that you- well, I'm going to have to mail it to you, but here's the thing. I have to be able to get your, your information off air because we don't want you giving your address yeah, out on the Yeah, you might not air. want people. You won't want Godzilla to stomp your house, you know, because so, you find out where you live. But Alan okay. can take your information off the air. Can you can you t- give him your information? Sure, why not? Yeah, right. hold on. Awesome. So uh, Rich has won the $25 Fandango gift card. He was the one that called in. I said, listen, if you hear Godzilla roar, call in and tell me whether you're, king, uh, you're Team Godzilla or Team Kong. And he did just exactly that. Now, while Alan's doing that, I got a story from Disneyland here about a restaurant. Things are getting boozy at the Blue Bayou at Disneyland. Now, I'll admit, I've never been to Disneyland. I've only driven by it. We were out in Hollywood in California back in 2017. We did a tour out there of Hollywood locations, and it was fun. But we only drove by Disneyland. We didn't have it factored into our trip, so we, we weren't going to go. 
So what we did was just kind of drove by and looked at it. It's a very small, much smaller park than Disney World. But one of Disneyland's popular restaurants has made some additions to its menu that will probably make guests over 21 very happy. Of course, they'll have to wait for the restaurant to actually open, which won't be at the same time the park reopens. On this past Wednesday, Disneyland announced on the Disney Parks blog that the Blue Bayou will start selling alcohol for the first time. These drinks include beer, wine, and a new specialty drink called the Hurricane Cocktail. The restaurant will also be offering a sparkling wine package as well. The Blue Bayou, which is located in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, has also added a non-alcoholic mint julep as well. That's more of a Southern Georgia drink uh, for California out there. Prior to this, the restaurant did not even serve booze. Fans of the restaurant will have to wait a bit before trying the new drinks. However, the Blue Bayou will not be reopening on April the 30th when Disneyland returns for the first time in over a year. So they'll have to wait a little longer, but they will be selling booze at the Blue Bayou in Disneyland starting this year. So there you go. You, I, I said you'd be all for that, so yeah. You know, you mentioned mint julep, and for some reason it just went right into my head. I've been re-watching uh, all of the st- classic Trek. I'm now into season you, two. I was going to ask you where you are in your Star Trek original series. I've, I've, I've completed the first of season two where Spock is going through his his, love his ponfar his uh, ponfar. a mock time yeah yes Did you see the and whole episode? uh he ends up you know being challenged <laughs> kirk's being challenged <laughs> by his wife yeah. i'm like what the? yeah but great um, episodes it's considered episode, one of the best ones though the episode prior that i was thinking of was the plants that had the spores that took yeah, people over right and mccoy's georgia southern accent talking about <laughs> i'll make you a good mint and julep <laughs> to try right. He was good. I DeForest Kelly has really grown into the, into his role in yeah. season one. I love he's the, so much better love, at the end of season one. I love the line in that one about the spores, where the doctor because the spores shoot you in that episode, and you and you with and confetti, you're, and you're healthy, but you get this feeling of euphoria of not having to do anything, and it's great and whatnot. And you don't your, your cells and your organs regenerate. They have no need for a doctor or physician, and. <laughs> the guy on the planet said, "Well, what do you? What is your? What's your role going to be here, doctor? What are you going to do?" He's like, "What do you mean? What am I going to do? I'm a doctor." And he goes, "Well, thanks to the spores, we have no need of doctors here." He's like, "Oh no, you'd like to see how fast I can put you in a hospital?" <laughs> like DeForest <laughs> Kelly. And what makes that great is his character McCoy is from the South, mm-hmm. Georgia, and DeForest Kelly was born in Georgia. He's from Georgia, so that's a that's a great, it was great because awesome. he did now he did what is typical for Hollywood he <laughs> yeah. did the over the top he didn't have to though. overdo it because he had kind of one anyway he kind of covered his up but but he well he went, Jimbo he did the Andy Griffith one. when he called Jim Jimbo <laughs> well Jimbo I don't know what we might be doing about that I was like oh I'm my just, God Bones I'm, is killing it I'm just an old country doctor <laughs> <laughs> that was great but how about Spock got to fall in love with Charles Bronson's wife Jill Ireland in that that's Charles Bronson's wife there's, uh, she there's, was. there's there so, were yeah. there were worse looking girls on the show yeah. <laughs> So, and you Kirk know what? And Spock fighting at the end. City on the Edge stronger. of Forever. I yeah. did not remember that episode at all. Considered by many to be one of the best episodes they ever did. And I couldn't put my finger on who's this woman who's the lead. I'm like, yeah. it's like running the tip. <laughs> and then I'm going through the credits. Joan, Con- my wife yeah. said she heard me and from the other side of the house. She goes, "Why did you yell Joan Collins?" Because I went, "That's Joan Collins." <laughs> I was like, I, but she was so young. Oh yeah, she was. And I could put made my the most finger of that on role, it. Role though, she she was really great in it that. It was role. great. It was a good episode and uh, very painful. Well, good. So you're so you're you're kind of into second season. I'm into. Now. I, I'm officially into season well, you, two. You, you'll be happy because in second season now and all the way to the end of the show, there'll be no more eyeliner and lighting of eyes with the director. There was in the first episode the whole Amok thing, but yeah, you know, maybe. Oh, it did comes that 
well, it wasn't as bad as yeah, first well, season, yeah. I don't think. But that was that was a what a great fight between Kirk and Spock on Vulcan when they're fighting, and that's the same music they actually ripped it off and put it in. Uh, remember the cable guy with Jim Carrey? Mm-hmm. He does when he takes him to that medieval times restaurant where the knights are fighting. He actually starts fighting, and they play that a mock time music from Star Trek in the movie, <laughs> the cable guy, and they, they, he starts doing Kirk's moves and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and even parodied it there, which is which is great. So good stuff. Star Trek, the original series. I'm glad you're watching it because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of living through you as you watch it because I know all the episodes so I well. should probably be filming myself, start my own YouTube first reaction because, honestly, a lot of these are first reactions because I don't remember them. Oh, you could, yeah. You could just Star Trek, the, the TV show. That's great. You watched The Next Generation before, just what, last year? Yep. I guess watching that. To be there, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from uh, the channel Star Wars, Star Wars Extra. We'll hear from them. And also, we will, on this day in history. This man... Just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of New Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. Why do they always sing, oh, Fab, I'm glad? Because Fab with lemon freshened borax gives a deep down clean. And now Fab has all fabric brighteners, great for wash and wear and permanent press. Are you glad about Fab, Mom? What do you think? Oh, they're always doing something good to Fab, it's true. Oh, Fab, we're glad they added all fabric brighteners to the lemon freshened borax in you. Stand by to receive our transmission. Greetings and welcome to Star Wars Extra, Star Wars Then, Star Wars Now, Star Wars Forever. Bringing you the latest news from the Star Wars galaxy, I'm your host, Mike Mann. I'm here for the armor. I don't want your armor. I want my armor. It belongs to me. This week, ILM gave us yet another fascinating peek into the production of the second season of The Mandalorian in a new featurette titled The Virtual Production of The Mandalorian Season 2. This new documentary released on the ILM VFX YouTube channel discusses the technology that went into bringing all of the outer worldly locations from a galaxy far far away to a single studio using their customized stagecraft technology the video highlights some of the amazing features and processes used with stagecraft and are discussed by a plethora of aficionados including directors digital designers production crew along with many others dave filoni and john favreau additionally shared some insight and thought The virtual production of The Mandalorian Season 2 is truly an astounding piece with another breathtaking behind-the-scenes view as processes and necessities are explained while watching scenes come to life before one's eyes. The virtual production of The Mandalorian Season 2 can be viewed on the official ILM website and the ILM VFX YouTube channel. I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy, like my father before me. Also this week, Star Wars officially announced the cast of the upcoming Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series starring Ewan McGregor, which will begin filming next month. Hello there. Joining McGregor and Hayden Christensen, who will be reprising his iconic role as Darth Vader, 
are Joel Edgerton and Bonnie Peace stepping back into their respective roles as Owen and Baru Mars, the uncle and aunt of a 10-year-old Luke Skywalker. Also joining the project are Moses Ingram, Benny Safdie, Simone Kessel, Kamel Nanjiani, Sung Kang, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and Rupert Friend. Rumors were also confirmed with the addition of Indira Varma as well. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series will be directed by Deborah Chow of Mandalorian fame. On their official website, StarWars.com, a brief statement was provided about the highly anticipated series explaining the story begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Kenobi faced his greatest defeat. The downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker turned evil Sith Lord Darth Vader. With this official announcement and cast release, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is truly gearing up to be a fantastic masterpiece, which delves into a time period of Star Wars rarely approached before and is surely to be an instant classic. The Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series will stream exclusively on Disney+. You have failed me for the last time, Admiral. Our friends at the Boba Fett Fan Club reported an amazing conversation between Lucasfilm senior character and costume designer Brian Matisse and the National Arts Club. In a series of tweets as the conversation took place, the BBFC shared many of Matisse's comments and original artwork as they discussed the part the designer played in the creation of the hit Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Some of the amazing original concept pieces included a few sketches of random characters, Mando before Pedro Pascal was even cast, Grogu being introduced to the Mandalorian convert, and Moff Gideon bearing the Darksaber. Matisse had many interesting details to share in the interview as well regarding his involvement in the project. One item that he shared stated that he worked off of only a few brief sketches and notes from Dave Filoni, also saying they wanted a Western man with a no-name vibe for the whole season, also stating they wanted a bounty hunter. He needed armor that was crude, rudimentary, and maybe ancient. Matisse absolutely made this image come to life with his amazing expertise and talent. The conversation between the National Arts Club can be viewed in its entirety on the National Arts Club's YouTube channel, along with brilliant reporting on the Boba Fett Fan Club's official Twitter page and website. I've heard your voice thousands of times. Mine might be the last one you hear. That's all the time we have. Don't forget to visit us on Star Wars Extra's YouTube channel and go ahead and give us a like and subscribe. Tune back in next week for all the latest and greatest in Star Wars. And for Star Wars Extra, I'm Mike Mann. And now back to BK on the Air. Thank you, Mike Mann, for that trip into a galaxy far, far away. That's Channel Star Wars, Star Wars Extra. Check them out at ChannelStarWars.com. Let's do a little On This Day in History. It's the time that we like to roll around and do that. You know, my dad always says history. You know what that is, don't you? History? one darn thing after another. <laughs> and he's right. April the 3rd, that's today, 1926, the second flight of a liquid-fueled rocket by Robert Goddard was done a week before the season uh, was was done on this day in history back in 1926. It blows my mind that rockets were being launched and worked on in the 20s. because you know, we got we had them we didn't really get them into as, as in the military and whatnot until like the the, the 50s because they had them in World War II but they weren't very 
they weren't very prevalent yet. They still had them. They're still kind of oh, they blew up. That one blew up. Well, <laughs> the Germans. That's, the Germans, yeah. that's why von Braun was such a great yes. get that he decided Warner to come Braun. to the United States because he realized all of his technology. He was interested in rockets because he's right. a scientist. Right. I would like to go to space someday. Exactly. Not I want to bomb my neighbor next right. door from here. And there's an there's a von Braun Civic Center in Huntsville, Alabama. There's a whole area of these Huntsville Space and Rockets go to devoted it. to him because the it's V1 fantastic. was the first. But when he developed the V2 and it was much more accurate, and they were right. using them to hit London instead of sending bombers, that's when he defected. He's like, right. I, I'm not going to be part of this. And we really didn't start n- noticing them in America as, as some for something else until we launched, you know, until NASA really started launching rockets. That's when everybody goes, oh, rockets. Look at that. Look at that Saturn rocket engine. That's fantastic stuff. And we Whoa. saw a couple of them at the, at the TELUS. Over there at the Telus Museum. 1933, the first airplane flight over Mount Everest happened on this date. So don't do that. They used to call it the hump. In World War, in World War II, the, the guys serving in Burma, the flying tigers, used to call flying over the uh, the mountain uh, in Burma the hump, and they they would fly over it in the early, in the late 30s, because uh, that was the that was the group, the flying tigers that Pappy Boyington was with before he was with the Black Sheep Squadron. He started out flying with the flying tigers, hmm. and he went on to the Black Sheep Squadron, the Corsairs. The different Always the coolest the looking wings. plane. I right. love that plane. 1953, an uh, American magazine, Icon magazine, launched in 1953. I wonder if you can guess which one it is on this date in history, April 3rd. Um, uh, it's an magazine. Icon magazine. Is so it a pop around. culture or science? It's uh, No, it's pop culture. Playboy. It's entertainment. Nope. Oh. TV Guide. Oh, TV Guide. Actually published its first issue on this day in 1953. Guess who was on the cover? Oh. Guess it has something to do with a classic TV show in the fifties. And wow, we got we're running out of time. We'll have to flash the audience after we come back. The rest was of it. it Dick Van Dyke? Was not Dick Van Dyke. It was Lucille Ball's <laughs> baby boy Desi Arnaz was on the cover of this uh, magazine TV guy. Nineteen sixty, Elvis Presley records "It's Now or Never" and "Are You Lonesome Tonight" at the RCA Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, on this date back in nineteen. 19- 60. We're wow. Well, we have more flight. Well, let's do one more. 1968, Planet of the Apes premiered on this day. The original Planet of the Apes. We were just talking about that earlier. Planet of the Apes. Take your stinking paws off me, you dirty ape. Speak down there. We'll have you more. You misquoted. What, did I say it? You didn't say it right. Okay. Tell me when we go to the break. Speak down there. <laughs> sure, Sir Isaac Newton unraveled the mysteries of gravity. But could he have unraveled the mysteries of Rubik's Cube? Three weeks ago, Judge Smith retired to her chambers with Exhibit A, Rubik's Cube. She hasn't been seen since. Warning, once you get your hands on Rubik's Cube, you may never be able to put it down. Rubik's Cube, over three billion combinations, but just one solution from Ideal. Tuesday, one look and Fonzie's hooked. I am in awe. But his dream girl has a little surprise on the season premiere of Happy Days. Then Shirley's getting married. But who's the mystery groom? It's the season premiere of Laverne and Shirley. Wow, look at that. It's the Duncan Jewel. Watch Gus Samara do the brain twister. And here's Duncan's famous Imperial. Don Townsend makes the man in the flying trapeze look easy. And with the Duncan Butterfly, you can learn to rock the baby like Duncan professional Laura Lynch. The Jewel, the Imperial, the Butterfly. They're all Duncans, and you know Duncan means yo-yo.
back. It's BK on the air here. I want to tell you about a new sponsor we've got, Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. Did you know there's a new bicycle shop right here in Cartersville? It's called Cartersville Bicycle Service and Supply. I just said that. They sell new bikes for riders all age and skill levels, uh, even me, which is 55. Cartersville Bicycle sells parts, supplies, and accessories, and their bike mechanic can tune and repair bicycles from any manufacturer you happen to have whether you're a veteran rider or just starting out cartersville bicycle has what you need to get out and enjoy the roads and the trails of northwest georgia or wherever you happen to be riding your bike stop in and see the shop cartersville bicycle is located at the corner of west avenue and south tennessee street here in cartersville call them at 470-315-BIKE that's 470-315-BIKE that's cartersville bicycle service and supply and do us a favor when you go by or if you call say hey i heard about you guys on uh, bk on the air i heard about you on wbhf and you could also say something like, you know, that guy's got the nicest, most sexiest voice I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> BK's got a nice voice, too. It so, depends you know. on what you like. Hey, it's Barry White. Hey. <laughs> Let's continue this day in history. It's BK on the air. Here's the one that I told you about earlier in the program today that ties right into our TELUS appearance, TELUS Museum, last weekend when we appeared here locally. In 1973, on this day in history, on April the 3rd, April the 3rd, the first mobile phone call is made in downtown Manhattan, New York City, by Motorola employee Martin Cooper to the Bell Labs headquarters in New Jersey. <laughs> 1974, on this date in history, the super outbreak, the second largest tornado outbreak in over, over a 24-hour period, with 148 confirmed tornadoes in the 13 U.S. states, killing approximately 315 people and injuring over 5,000 in 1974 on this date in history on April 3rd. And I remember that because in Alabama, we were sent home early at noon that day. When I can't remember what grade I was in, but we were sent home early because about 20 to 30 of those broke out in the uh, in the northeast uh, and north uh, Alabama state area of Alabama at the time in 1974. And I remember it well. It was horrible. It's the thing that drives me nuts about our current news. Everything is considered hype-worthy, and we have right. no context. We used to have far more fatalities because... We didn't have the technology to predict these things, nor yeah. were the construction standards where they are. Yes, there's always weather that can hurt people. Yeah. But think about how many people died. Oh, during that, it was uh, 315 people and injured almost 5,500 people. That's amazing. Of an outbreak of a tornado. Like, to me, period. that's 148 horrible. 148 tornadoes broke out. Right, though. that's horrible. It we haven't horrible. had an event like that since I can't remember when. That was 74. And yet every time there's a trend, it's like, oh, worst weather in history. Like, well, Our, no, it can't be the worst weather in history. The Doppler radar system has been in, advanced so much over time. They can see the hooks. They can these, see a tornado readouts. that doesn't land yet. And, and for a long time, the National Weather Service would get mad at these local radio stations and TV stations because they would issue a tornado warning, but the, the National Weather Service from the government would say, hey, you cannot do that. We're the only ones that can officially order an official tornado watch or tornado warning so they had to stop doing that but now what they do in the media is they go we believe there's a tornado here it looks like a signature a hook on on the radar so take cover because we've got some a lot of wind coming back up on our radar reading here and they mm -hmm. they really get to look at it our apps we have on our phone now i got two different weather apps just to be safe to give me alerts for tornadoes and and bad weather reports not frivolous stuff because it'll go off like every other hour oh there's a high wind today it's just blowing or for you early morning kayakers watch yeah, your water caps <laughs> you on the need lake to know that yeah there's some dangerous catfish in the in the river so watch out 1981 on this day in history the number one box office which was 40 years ago, 1981. The number one film was hardly working with Jerry Lewis. <laughs> 
not cracking up. I, I think that one came later. But Must have been later. 81, my dad and I saw Hardly Working. It was Jerry Lewis making his comeback. And the number one song on the Billboard chart in 1981, which was 40 years ago, today on April 3rd, was actually the first rap song I ever heard. And yes, it does classify as a rap song. Blondie's Rapture. It's even called, it has got rap in the title, so Blondie's rap. Birthdays today on April 3rd include Doris Day, who died in who died in 2019. Today is Wayne Newton's birthday today. There's a guy that's been around for a long time. Today is the birthday of Tony Casavitas. Oh, you may know him as Tony Orlando from <laughs> the group Tony Orlando and Dawn. They had a great variety show in the 70s. Do you remember their show, Tony Orlando and Dawn? Their show in the 70s. Was I remember like the Sunny name, but I never watched it. It was kind of like Sonny and Cher and the Carol Burnett show. It was produced by the same people yeah. on CBS. It was a variety show. It was fun. Tie around, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. That was one of their hits. And uh, knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Another mm-hmm. one of their hits. Uh, today is Eddie Murphy's birthday. Today, Saturday Night Live <laughs> alum, Beverly Hills Cop, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Did you have, have you ever America. seen Coming to I America? Seen, yet? I, I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the original since it came out. Watch so the I original first, then go watch it. Uh, today is also. So Marlon Brando's birthday too. He died in 2004. Can I tell you something quick about Eddie Murphy? Did you know, and you may not know this, you're a Star Trek fan, but I I found this out a few years, not too long after Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home came out, which is the one about, when you tell people, which Star Trek is that? I'm like, it's the one about the whales. Oh, okay, now I know which one you're talking about. The female scientist in Star Trek IV, played by Catherine Hicks, that befriends Kirk and them and Mm -hmm. helps them with the Jordan Gracie. Kind of had a thing for her when I saw the movie. Uh, What was her name in it? Jillian Taylor, I think, was her name in the show. Did you know that that, sh- that role was was talked about for a while and was going to go to Eddie Murphy? He was go- he expressed interest in being in a Star Trek Would have put Kirk in a different situation. It would have been a different story, a screenplay, I'm sure. But he was going to be the more funny scientist or whatever because he was hot at the time. For whatever reason, it didn't go through, didn't happen, and it wound up being the Star Trek IV that you remember. But I don't know if you ever heard that, that that was originally thought about to be Eddie Murphy in Star Trek IV as the scientist. No, and what's crazy is if you remember the very first comedy like special that put Eddie Murphy on the map, Delirious. He was talking about being Scotty on the Star Trek. Right. And he would do that. He's like, uh, we've got this problem, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, if you put the uh, laser into the dilithium crystal, he's like, well, that worked last week. Uh, yeah. I know she cleaned that up a lot. <laughs> yes, I have to. Which is great. I had to clean up everything about and that. He's fact, talk, he also anybody about, heard me just now goes, I don't even know what you're talking he about. He talked about hilarious. Kurt with the dancing with the green chick and yes. stuff like that. He talked about Which is not the dance music. That's the Amok Time fight music. I know. So, yeah. Okay. T- it's always now. National Something Day today, and April 3rd is no different. Today is National Chocolate Moose Day. Chocolate Moose. Chocolate Moose. Wasn't that the character in Top Secret? It was. <laughs> chocolate Moose. And chocolate Moose. Souffle. <laughs> and Deja Vu. What are you drinking? Gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> you know the actor who played Deja Vu, which yes. I didn't know this until I did the Top I Secret know. Minute, yeah. became the chief butler. In Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. That's him. Mr. He's a great Sophisticate actor. Mr. Yes. Yeah. I was like... He's goofing off in the diner when they're all doing the um, spinning the rug. Because he's the one that knocks off the, the, the milkshake into yes. his lap. What's his his uh, souffle? And you are, I am deja vu. Pleased to meet you. Haven't we met before, monsieur? I don't think so. Okay. Because he's deja vu. He's deja vu. Today is also National Film Score Day. <gasps> wow. What a Yay. great day. And again, with me every day. I listen to a soundtrack all the time. So uh, if you had to pop in a soundtrack today to listen to it, what would you want to listen to? Favorite soundtrack? Orchestra score? Right this Just moment? What are you? What are you in the mood to listen to right now? 
Oh, my gosh. Like he to took me off what guard. You, what would but, you like to hear? Just don't even think about it. What do you want to hear right now? You know, right now, first thing that popped listen. in my head was the Mad Max Fury Road soundtrack. That's a good soundtrack. You know, since you've been watching Star Trek, I kind of want to listen because they came out with the original soundtrack to the show. They took all the orchestra s- tracks from the old TV show, which was, do- was done by an orchestra, and put them all and stereoed them and, and remastered them and came out with them as a digital release. And I think I'd love to hear that today. I'm going listen, to listen to that for my – it's not a film score. It's a TV score, but that's okay. Today is National Tweed Day. Today, I can you have your tweed underwear I don't on? own anything in tweed. You don't have your tweed socks on. I don't have tweed okay. socks. I don't have a tweed sport coat with the little no patches. Un- no underwear. No, no, actually, no. You got underwear on today? <laughs> no, I just said no. Okay, Commando. <laughs> you are acting so weird and immature. <laughs> today, today. Well, since you have no underwear on today, it's also World Party Day <laughs> today too. So you, you can do that, take advantage that classic of that. from uh, Seinfeld when they when Kramer goes, "Oh yeah, no, feels good and free." And then Seinfeld looks down and goes, "You realize there's just one thin layer protecting us right now." <laughs> That's like the controversial thing. Some people. How do I how do I approach this delicately? And we're coming to the bottom of the hour here, so I'll, I'll try to do this. Some people like to sleep with uh, sans clothing. If, right. If you, if you, if you, you can say in the nude. Mind. Okay, in the nude. Some people like sleeping um, in the nude. I can't. I, I can't, can't figure it out. Yeah, and I can't do that. I feel it's. I tr- and I did. They're like, won't you try it? You might like it. And I tried it twice. <laughs> I didn't like it. So I don't know. There's just something about it. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Cows catching on fire. I'm really going to look great in front of the fire department when they show up. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the back of my mind. Hopefully, it'll never happen. And it probably won't. So I just can't do it. So it's kind of weird. 7703861450 is our number if you want to give us a call oh, later. The phone is ringing. Is it ringing? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. How come it I was. Hear, how come I didn't hear it? That's I don't know. Weird. You turn the volume down. I need to turn the volume up. Somebody did call. It's BK on the air. Hey, who is this? Hey, this is Scooter from Atlanta. Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, all right, guys. I just got to say, I discovered you guys this morning on FistfulOfRadio.com, and I'm now listening live, and I got to say, I'm really impressed. I love the show. <laughs> well, I really do. It's I appreciate cool. it. We do have one person that's impressed. Let's put that Wait down in the good <laughs> column. Mark the, mark the <laughs> tape. Save it for posterity. I appreciate it. Appreciate you calling. Yeah, we, we got on Fistful of Radio. I think it was starting last weekend, and uh, we're, we're very appreciative to be on there. If anybody misses it, they can hear us there the week before. They play our show from the week before. But yeah, we're here every Saturday from 10 a.m. till noon, and and, uh, yeah, we love talking about stuff that we grew up doing and liking. And I always tell people, they say, who are you? What are you about? I'm like, well, I was born in the 60s, <laughs> grew up in the 70s, and I graduated in the early 80s. That's who I am. So, Well, I was born in, I was born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s, and graduated in 91. So I'm... And I'm I'm a pop culture geek, Star Wars geek, everything. So I'm actually surprised somebody. I'm sorry. I'm actually surprised somebody beat Chance Bartell into calling in and winning the tick, winning the gift card. <laughs> yeah, Chance is great. We're going to review Godzilla and versus Kong tonight live on uh, Nostalgic uh, Pod Blast. They're going to have me on. We're going to do it live on Facebook uh, probably after nine or ten o'clock. So, buddy, I appreciate you uh, calling. We're going to go to a break. Thanks a lot for discovering us, and we'll right, hear man, you no listen Thanks, to us every Saturday. All right, bye bye. Awesome. Let's be on there. We'll be back with more. Give it up. Podcast Magazine presents The Hot 50 Countdown. Hi, it's Rob Actis, host of the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 Countdown. Join me as I count them down from 50 to number one, the top 50 podcasts in the land as determined by you, the podcast fans. From true crime, society and culture, self-help, health and fitness, science, and every podcast category in between, the Hot 50 Countdown is here. 
everyone, Alan Sanders here. And BK on the air. We're here to tell you about the fun, informative, and entertaining Saturday morning talk radio right here on WBHF. It's everyone's favorite Saturday show, Waking Up with Alan from 7 a.m. to 10. Ho, 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 wait a minute. Just hold your horses there. I think everyone knows that BK on the Air is everyone's favorite show on Saturdays. <laughs> you know folks mostly tune in to wake up and hear me on Saturday. No, sir. I'm kind of the fun bowl of cereal for breakfast, and you're the cup of coffee. Iron Man. Captain America. Chocolate. Peanut butter. Adam's family. Monsters. Why do you always well, have to make a big deal out of everything? Right? Yeah. Hold it. You said peanut butter, and I said chocolate. Yeah. Oh, yeah! Two great shows that sound great together. Well, back to back. We're the peanut butter cups of Saturday morning. Tune in to Waking Up with Alan from 7 to 10 a.m. And me, BK on the air, 10 a.m. till noon. Listen on our website at wbhfradio.org or use the TuneIn Radio app on 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF. <laughs> That's a fake laugh. <laughs> it's real! And now back to the guy who knows no limit on self-promotion. It's BK on the air. You know, they're adding things to the parks all the time. I mean, I know that uh, later this year that Universal Orlando is going to open and debut their new giant redesigned Jurassic World area of the park, and it's going to be great. Mrs. BK are with our friends to Universal next week. They'll be going to Universal next week. And I told them, I said, plan this earlier, late last year. And I'm like, I don't want to go. I said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to go with the mask thing. I don't want to put up with that. I don't want to mm-hmm. be six feet apart in line because that's going to make the lines longer and it take you longer to ride the rides or whatever. I just choose that I don't want to be a part of that. Right. So I'm not going to go. She's going with them. They're good. They'll have a good time. They'll do whatever they want. There's nothing wrong with them going. Knock yourselves out. But uh, 2022, though, <laughs> I'm going to be well, going to see that new exhibit. So ironic. Hopefully the mask mandate will be gone by 2022. I mean, come my, on. Uh, my father-in-law is thinking of coming down. Finally, he's gotten his first shot. He's going to get his second. And my wife's oldest brother was going to come down as well because they're going to go down to Florida to yeah. see some other family. And they said, hey, we're going to go to Universal for a couple of days. Why don't you just take some <laughs> yeah. time off? And, I, and Susan's like, do you want it? I'm like, as long as there's a mask mandate, I'm not going to go ride not rides go. Right. and walk around a park acting like I can't enjoy myself by being yeah. – you know, no, I'm not going to do it. And she goes, oh, that's a good point. Unless they get rid of that, I don't want to go either. I'm like, okay, we're on the same page. And some of the winds – some of the winds are – some of those rides are fast. And the winds, they could blow the mask off in some of the – what do you do then? You have to buy – if you buy walk a mask up, in the whoops, park – whoops, I lost my you, mask. If you have to buy a mask in the park, you know how they mark everything up? I bet they're 20 bucks a piece for a little cloth flimsy mask. I don't know if that's – true or not but yeah but i do have a story here from claire epting at screencrush.com it looks like disney wants to add black panther land wakanda to disneyland that's that's in their plans and here they go they're they're, they're starting to uh, talk about things like that right now following a year of closure but we found out they're going to open up here again very soon disneyland has announced a new plan that would see the theme park greatly expand in the next few years and what's good alan is we know everything that disneyland winds up doing disney world in florida usually follows suit not long after that the disneyland forward initiative will involve the city of anaheim as park reimagines its resort district adding lands inspired by popular disney-owned movies including frozen 
Tangled, Peter Pan, and more. An eagle-eyed fans, as they point out, a closer look at the expansion plans reveal a section that resembles the fictional nation of Wakanda. Some of these photos that people are sneaking say that it looks like uh, Wakanda. So is a Black Panther land coming to hmm. Disneyland Resort? The immersive theme park expansion seeks to integrate Disneyland into Disneyland's California Adventure by offering a wealth of new experiences to both parks. Potential attractions coming to Disneyland could include a boat ride nestled in Anna and Elsa's kingdom, Arendelle. Is that the name of it in mm-hmm. uh, Frozen? I'm not familiar with that. The gondola ride from Rapunzel's Lantern Festival and a boat ride that follows Peter Pan's Lost Boys down a river. That's a lot of potential boat rides. We're going to have some more water, I guess, to, to get in there. Meanwhile, DCA's expansion will focus more on immersive experiences inspired by Toy Story, Zootopia, and Tron, of all things. But venture over to the potential expansion taking place near the park's adjacent hotels, and things get really interesting. I'm glad they got spies down there to check this out. <laughs> Disney has yet to confirm the proposed edition of a Black Panther land uh, but with the rebranding of Tower of Terror into Guardians of the Galaxy, as they have, and they have in uh, Florida, Orlando as well, uh, as well as the construction of the Avengers Campus, nearly complete, another Marvel Park experience would fit right in, if you think about it. Now, keep in mind, these new expansions are still in the proposal stage. Although Disney Disneyland claims it wants to reconfigure the land it already has, the city of Anaheim still needs to give its approval before anything can move forward. Well, we knew that. As such, the plans and the maps are extremely preliminary and uh, designed to con- co- convince the city of Anaheim to change Disneyland's zoning. Still, it's exciting to speculate about these big changes, especially since we haven't been able to experience that Disneyland magic for long. The article says that, but that's all going to change because they're opening back up slowly. But surely, you know, we didn't get to go to Disneyland while we we're out there, but we did drive by it. We saw it, and we're like, it just wasn't it's on our plans. It's a lot smaller than it Disney is. It's World. like the size of like it's a little bigger than Six Flags here in Atlanta, and that's their concern. I mean, in in Florida, they got a lot of room to expand still, yeah, but uh, not in California. So I can see where they'd have to work with the city of Anaheim. We drove by the uh, Jim Jim Henson's Muppet University too, which was great, and it was a big Kermit out front. <laughs> we just didn't have time to stop at those places. We had other things to see. Seven seven zero three eight six fourteen fifty is our number. Somebody's calling right now. I have a feeling I know who this is. Hey, it's BK on the air. Hello, Barry. Hello, it's Eric, Ninja Eric. How are you doing there, my friend? Wakanda's here? Yes, Wakanda's maybe coming to Disneyland. It could be forever. I will move to Disneyland. (laughs) You're going to move to Disneyland in California. You know that's a long way, right? I don't care. Well, you, you could just wait it out, and they're going to maybe build it there. You know if they build it there, they'll build it in Orlando, Disney World, so you can, it's a lot closer, so you can move down there instead. Wakanda is here. I have a feeling, and I know this for a fact, you're a Black Panther fan, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> hey, where would Black Panther fall on your list of Disney films? Is it your number one favorite from Marvel, or do you have another another number one favorite? It would probably be my number one. Number one. What's your number two? Which ones do you like? To, who does number two work for? Which is your ne- next favorite? Any Captain America film. Oh, I'll agree with that. Good. Fantastic. You would be wrong. Well, hey, hold on a minute. That's all <laughs> subject and personal. <laughs> Can't have any of them without Iron Man. <laughs> Cannot have excuse any me. of it without excuse Iron me. Man. Excuse me. Yeah. I was on your side until just now. <laughs> I didn't think Look, he was ever on your side. I do enjoy Captain America Winter Soldier. That's cool. And I did like Civil War a lot more the second time. I, the first Iron Man film is definitely in my top five of favorite Marvel films, because without Iron Man, there was there was no MCU. Iron Man is just me. Oh, no. no. Now we're, we're going to fight out here in the parking lot later. Don't do that. Iron Man is, not, Iron Man is nothing. <laughs> no, no, I can't agree Iron with you, Eric. Come on. Shoot. There's a team. They all have something to contribute. I mean, come on. Give me a break. Don't don't be no, that way. No, no, don't be no. that way. 
Look. Tony Stark. Look him. <laughs> oh. It's going to be good if they add to that. Oh. They're, they're only going to add more, uh, Eric, because, you know, uh, Disney owns Marvel. And, you know, I know there's a lot of Marvel stuff at Universal, so I can only assume they, they pay them a fee or lease them characters to be at, at Universal. But they're hey, building man, more stuff on That's a little scary to me. What is scary? I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen them do anything with the Hulk. Like yeah. a Hulk land. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a Hulk roller coaster, a roller coaster. at um, at Universal. There's a big Hulk roller coaster. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It's fantastic. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, it's great. All right, Massive. buddy. I gotta go. Uh-huh. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> Sounded like another call was coming in behind it. Yeah, there's another call coming in. Oh let's my gosh, what, what is going let's on? Find out what's going on here. Hey, it's BK on the air. Hello, Barbara. I'm great. How about oh, wow. you guys? You got her number memorized. Doing great. Barbara, What are, uh, you're calling in today. What do you want to talk about today? I want to talk about one of my favorite places. To go. Dollywood. Yeah, you called you call a couple weeks ago and told us about Dollywood. Dollywood is a great park. I love that place. You know, when we went, I, I don't know if I told you this or not, we went to Dollywood, and when we, the, everyone there that worked at that place was so nice and courteous to us, and I, I'm not being, I'm not used to being treated that way at a, at a theme park, the way they were treating us at Dollywood. When they were shuttling us back to our car after leaving and spending a day at Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, the people were saying, we hope you enjoy your day here at Dollywood. If you have any problems before you leave, a dead battery, a flat tire, you let us know, and we'll come out and help you before you leave, and we appreciate Appreciate you coming. I'm not surprised. I mean, that, I didn't not get at that all. anywhere else. Uh, I'll tell you another uh, place that I've been. I've traveled quite a bit, and that's in Huntsville. Have you been there yeah. to see the little monkey that they sent <laughs> out of space? The Space and Rocket Center, the U.S. Space Center in, in Huntsville. We were talking about that earlier, too. Yeah, I grew up over there and went there a lot as a kid. That's a great place, great, great museum. Is that monkey still living? No, no, no. The, the, its grave is out front now in the tombstone. They buried they buried the, the monkey that went into space a long time ago, yeah. Oh, well, that was a neat thing to see. That it is. Coming up on a break, I appreciate you calling. You keep in contact, okay? Okay. Bye. Bye, Bye Barbara. I love it. It's BK on there. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we got more. There's a secret. Where's the secret? at your fingertips. It's Arthur Treats Your Fish and Chips. How do we make the meal you can't make at home? What makes our fish fillets so crunchy? Are chips like french fries outside and baked inside? We'll never tell. There's a secret here tonight. Real good secret here tonight. Clap your hands and smack your lips for Arthur Treats Original Fish and Chips. Nutty gritty, nutty gritty. It's a snack you can munch. A nutty gritty, nutty gritty, a healthy snack you can crunch. You take a, a bunch of nuts, any kind will do. Throw in a bunch of raisins too, then invite a bunch of nuts to share with you your nutty gritty, nutty gritty. Nutty Do something gritty, good for your bod and brush your teeth Join after snack. Join the bod squad. Join the bod squad. Hey, it's BK on the air. And Chance Bartels with the Nostalgic Pod Blast. And we're here to tell you that you can hear us both at Fistful of Radio. You can hear us, Nostalgic Pod Blast, Saturdays and Sundays from 2 to 5 p.m. And BK on the air every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern. We're like the Nostalgic Talk cousins. We're bookends, if you will. You're absolutely right. So be sure to listen right here at fistfulofradio.com. Oh, yeah. That sounded great. It wasn't too nostalgic. Nostalgic, was it? <laughs> no way. It was groovy. <laughs> yeah, for some reason or another, 
You sound a little taller on radio. <laughs> Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air here, having a good time. Every Saturday, I'm glad everybody's discovering me on fistfulofradio.com or discovering me any way that you can hear the show. You can hear us on the TuneIn app live when we're on the air. I also repackage it into a podcast and put it on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud, and you get the BK replay on Fistful of Radio every Saturday. So pretty soon, I'm going to be worldwide. Worldwide anyway with the app, if you're listening on an app, right? I have a quiz here from MeTV. Sometimes we uh, are we, we partner up with the MeTV com the classic television channel and they have some great quizzes on their website and we like to give them to alan i like to take them first at home the night before and then i'll give them to alan the next day just to see how well i did i didn't do too well on this one so uh see how well let's see how well you remember eight track tapes oh that's gonna be horrible rewind (laughs) the era of eight track tapes wait can you rewind an eight track i don't know you don't have you you could go forward but i don't and back but i not by a song that that may be only by a track Eight-track tapes were a big part of the 70s culture, but they were around for a while before that. Now associated with classic rock and bell-bottoms, and our friends down here at Rock and Shop would know all about that. I know they have records and vinyl, but I'm sure they're... They have eight-tracks there, we too. We have a restaurant here called Eight-Track, <laughs> just right yeah. down a few doors from us, that have a plethora of stereo receivers in there on the wall. Looks I love great. that so cool. in there. The eight-track tape made pl- a music portable for the first time back in the old days, both in cars and carryable players. Today, we think of them like lava lamps and the pet rock icons of the 70s life let's see how well alan remembers this funky music format try to get eight or more correct how about that okay here's the first question and they're all multiple choice so that's you've got a chance i love multiple choice. i always loved multiple choices in uh, school we will call this multiple guess which was great not all of them are. i think you're going to get some of these could you all right, first question i think we've already answered it could you rewind an eight track tape well, it depends what you mean possible? by you could go forward and back by tracks, but not by rewind the way it we need. It says, can you rewind? I'm going to say no. You're going to say no, and you would be boing, correct. You cannot really rewind one. Number two, what happened at the end of the tape on an eight-track tape? It just cycled Number to one, the next you track. you would have to flip it over. No. Number two, there was no end. It's an endless loop. It's an endless loop. It certainly was. Also, another one. See, there's two in a row. You're already on a roll. There was a MeTV star on, on the Carol Burnett Show, which had a hit song in 1973 on 8-track called The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. Remember that song, right? Uh-huh. I remember who, the movie. Who was it that sung it? It was popular on 8-track. Was it Carol Burnett, Cindy Williams, or Vicki Lawrence? Three, three choices on that one instead of two. Cindy two Williams. Songs. I'd be wrong. No. <laughs> sh- uh, Laverne, uh, Shirley did not, from Laverne Shirley did not sing it. It was Vicki Lawrence, Mama, from Mama's Vicky. Family. Had that hit. I think it was the only song hit she ever had. Number four. What was the year the Stereo 8 cartridge was first introduced to the public? That's kind of the model that was mounted in the car under your dash or whatever. Uh-huh. What year was that first introduced? Was it 1964, 1968, or 1960? Ooh, see Talk a lot of these. The, the see invention how they give is, those yeah. years kind of. I'm going to split the, the difference. I'll so still we know be it's wrong. In the 60s. We'll go <laughs> 64. You'll go 64. Uh, you're correct. 1964. Wow, a whopping two years before I was born. Uh, a whopping what? Six before you were born, right? 64 would be six, six years before I was yeah. born. Yeah, I'm good at math. So I'm, that was uh, impressive, though. I guessed that one. <laughs> I didn't. I just guessed. I'm like, oh, I got it right. Pick a number between one through uh, ten. <laughs> uh, Twelve. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. This record club was known for its 
deal of 13 eight-track tapes for a single penny. Do you remember the name of it? Was it the RCA Record Club, the Columbia House Record Club, or the Camelot Music Club? I'm going to say Columbia House. And you would be correct. Because they moved to tapes right after tapes came out. Did you ever pay for them? Did you ever do it? Did you no, a, did my you mom wouldn't let me, and I was so mad no, about I mean, it. No, did you do it for a penny and then not follow through like a lot of people did, or did you just never do it? I just never did it because my mom said it. it's I a had scam. several friends do it that never took them up on it. They got letter after letter, but nothing ever happened. So I wonder how much money they lost off of that. They gained a lot of pennies, though. Uh, the next question. This band song, Inagata Davida, was mm-hmm. the best-selling eight-track tape of 1969. You remember that song? Inagata Davida. In the Garden of Eden? It, well, yeah. <laughs> he was too high, and he couldn't pronounce that. That's another song that the DJs would put on when they had to go take a long constitutional in the bathroom. So, it, it was a little bit beyond yeah. the three-minute standard. 1969, who sung it? Was it Iron Butterfly, Steppenwolf, or Deep Purple? Come who on, did that Iron song? Butterfly. Iron Butterfly. You knew that one. And if the rocking shop down the street's playing every, along, every rocker of, every of substance right. should know that <laughs> they one. Should know that one. And Steppenwolf had the song "Born to Be Wild" with I think the first uh, mention of heavy, heavy metal. metal. Heavy there, metal yeah. thunder. See, there you get an extra question that isn't even on here that we'll answer for you. Next question. Second verse. This American Motors company was the first automobile manufacturer to offer eight-track players in its cars at the beginning of fall of 1965. Which which company offered it first in cars, eight tracks? Chrysler, Cadillac, or Ford? Chrysler. Chrysler. And that's wrong. Cadillac. It is, it is Ford. Oh, it's Ford. <laughs> it's like really? Like all the way down to the last one. Yeah. Wow. That was one I guessed on and just got it right. I'm I had like, I don't no, even know idea. Idea. I, I, I had no idea. I had no idea. Remember the eight track? True. Remember the eight track players that came out that were red. And they had the plunger on top, and it looked like a dynamite plunger. Do you remember those? No. Those were awesome. They, they were red with a big speaker. The 8-track went into the side of the unit, and the top, where you would push this lever down to change tracks, came up, and it looked like the plunger of, a, of, a, of the dynamite that you pushed wow. down. It was awesome. Now, how many programs were on a standard 8-track tape? How many programs were on every one of them? Was it two, four, or eight? Four. Four. That is right. It always had four different tracks. And it had like several songs on each one, so makes you wonder why they called it eight. Track. And, it made, and it made us mad because why does it change songs tracks in the middle of a song? I've never understood when they have one. Not all of them did, but sometimes they just There's engineered of, it in such a way that hey, we're gonna pause momentarily. There's a lot to of people move listening right track. now that agree with that. They're like, you're right. There was a band's greatest hits released in 1988. It's considered to be the last major eight-track tape commercially released in stores. And here's the three ABBA? three bands I'm going to give you. No, it's not ABBA. Okay. Uh, there's Here's the three. You tell me which one was it was the last group to have their greatest hits released on 8-Track. In 1988, I thought that was really late. It would be very late. I thought late. they were gone by then. Was it the Eagles, Led Zeppelin, or Fleetwood Mac? And this Ooh. year was 1988, the greatest hits from this band. So that's I'm going to go really Eagles. Going to go Eagles. Nope, that is incorrect. You want a second try at it? Sure, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac is correct. That was that was the group. So. I couldn't imagine Led Zeppelin would do that. Uh, this one's kind of weird. This is an interesting question. The Great Gig in the Sky was the final song on the eight-track version of this band's classic 1973 album. It was released on a purple quadraphonic eight-track cartridge. And what kids don't understand today is quadraphonic meant it wasn't stereo. You could have four speakers with different things coming out of each four speakers as you was listening to it. It didn't last very long. It was kind of a fad. But whose song, who had a song called The Great Gig in the Sky on an eight-track player? Was it The Who, Pink Floyd, or The Rolling Stones? Well, you know my favorite band 1973. You know my favorite band of all time. Out of these three, I know who your favorite band is. Is that your guess? You guessed right. It was Pink Floyd. I didn't have to guess. You knew the song, didn't you? <laughs> yes, the that great was the gig album in the sky. With money and us and them. That was uh, was that. No, uh, that wasn't. 
It had us and them, money, eclipse, speak to me, breathe. What album is that? No, that's Dark Side that. of the Moon. Is that Dark Side of the Moon? But I mean, that's the other songs that are on there. Was Dark Side of the, it's Dark Side of the Moon album? Yeah. No, that's uh, that was the, okay. So that's the name of the yes, the right. album that his, it came from. His his nineteen sixty nine album with Antonio Carlos is considered to be the rarest eight track of all time. The album was only released on eight track and quickly deleted from circulation. Who was that? Was it Neil Diamond, Frank Sinatra, or Bob Dylan? Hmm. See, Frank, I think. Bob Dylan. That is incorrect. It was Frank Sinatra. Frank, oh, I should have gone with my and first And they gut. have never re-released that album My gut ever. instinct. That's weird. Let's see how well you did. You got seven out of 11. You can't rewind an eight-track tape, but you can always redo the quiz, Alan. It's so, <laughs> that's it wasn't I don't too bad. you need to redo it. I considering think was I, was, I was alive as they were already going out. Like I said, I remembered one in our conversion van. That was real right. big in the 70s. We had one for a little bit. But my dad only had a handful of... Eight tracks because yeah. the next time we bought a vehicle, it was cassette players, and we thought they were the best thing. Oh man, these small oh. tapes—they're great. Look at had this. cassettes. Um, I, I would burn through cassettes, or I'd leave them in the back window and they'd melt. And I got smart though later on. Uh, one rare time that I did get smart, I would buy records eventually in the early eighties. I'd buy the album, and then I'd take the record and transfer it to a blank cassette to tape and listen to that instead of wearing out the record. And, or, but if I bought a, a pre-recorded tape, they would wear out mm-hmm. the little cotton part under the tape that 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 rode on your well, head to, to read the music would come off and sometimes they would break i didn't have to worry about the record transferring it to a tape right and it would sound really but great. that's where you learned where the why some tapes cost a dollar and others right. cost three the you ones you wait could, that sounds better about that, the ones you could see through that were clear <laughs> it's the only ones i could afford yeah, but i could buy like six in a pack it's all clear with no name i'm a kid isn't that a great deal yeah, yeah sure it is why, why would you pay seven dollars for one cassette <laughs> it's 90 minutes why long? does this cassette feel like it weighs like five times heavier than the other it'll ones? blow away in the wind yeah it's not even I found a bootleg. I didn't know at the time. I thought I had the real Star Wars soundtrack, but I was in an unclaimed baggage. They used to be called un- unclaimed baggage stores. Now they're called flea markets or thrift stores. We had one in uh, Fort Payne, Alabama growing up, and I found a thing that said Star Wars 8-track. But it was weird because it said, it said Star Wars on the spine. It was mm-hmm. printed. But the picture on the other side was a guy on a guitar. It was a rock guitarist, and I had no idea who he was. I'm like, is this a Star Wars soundtrack? It has the tracks on the back. Bought it for like 50 cents. Got it home. It was the Star Wars soundtrack. But it it would it it was it wasn't the complete soundtrack, and I noticed that it, it changed in mid like the last battle on uh, at the on the Death Star the music it changed in mid track, and I get it would went, That's went silent and changed. And then little did I know as a kid that I look back on it now I'm like oh I bought a bootleg somebody recorded that they got rid of it or but I had I had the soundtrack it's only that's wild for the longest time so it is National Film Score Day today that's another good one we can listen to is the Star Wars soundtrack John Williams <laughs> the original first Star Wars soundtrack oh, yeah. when we go to the when we get off the air later today I know that you mentioned Space Camp and the the movie they filmed in Huntsville called Barbara called earlier and talked about the Huntsville Space and Rocket Center if you've never been there go check it out John Williams scored that movie Space Camp which came out I think they finally came out with it in 1987 it was filmed in 86 right before the Challenger explosion but they delayed the release well it's fun man as always having a good nostalgic geeky time here with BK on the air Alan appreciate it as always buddy so much fun to be here we will be here next week look for our review on Godzilla vs. Kong on the Nostalgic Pod Blast Facebook page tonight sometime after 9pm I think we'll post it somewhere but we'll have a live review on it I appreciate those guys having me on it's BK on the air we'll see you next week Today you saw what happens when people show disrespect to the land, history, and artifacts of other peoples. As the elders said, the desert and traditions of other people have much to teach us and must be preserved for future generations to see and to know. See you next week.